Everybody ain't built to just leap in Dive into a world where no one saves you when you're sinking It's all or nothing, nothing we won't do this to maintain A higher living, higher status, higher place to reign Going insane while the world is trying to tell us something No holding back, no strings attached It's all or nothing Hello everyone Welcome to Whore and Hooch <laughs> Took a little break, but we're back let me make sure that we're good and we are live. Yeah, we're live. We good? All right. So, <laughs> today we will be discussing the movie Insidious. The movies Insidious. You are here with Kay Bly of The Fifth Wall, Jade Astral of The Fifth Wall, and Desiree of Tempered Drinks. Um, Desiree, can you go ahead and tell us the name of the drink and the ingredients? So this drink, of course, is inspired by the movie. It is called The Further. Um, the original recipe, which is the recipe that the other two ladies have preparing today, calls for blue curacao. For those of you that do not have blue curacao, you can substitute that for triple set, same flavor, different color. Um, also calls for vodka, whatever brand you choose, whatever brand you like. And then I'm very specific this week, so my apologies. It is Dole, Dole brand, mm -hmm. pineapple, orange, banana juice. Delicious. This is all the flavor. This yes. is Yes. So if you can't see that, <laughs> let me know, because this is the main ingredient. Yes. Besides the liquor. <laughs> <laughs> so we are going to discuss the... Um, Insidious franchise. This kind of came to our attention by um, our last chat talking about the uh, Stranger Things and their yep. um, parallel universe, um, The Upside Down. And that kind of got us thinking about the further from Insidious. And we're like, you know what? Let's go ahead and, you know, discuss those movies because they are they're very interesting the way the movies were released are not the actual order of how the story is so not it's kind of like you have to kind of put it together <laughs> in your it's mind kind of like, yeah so, it's yes. kind of like you like it yourself like <laughs> you know how they say they foresee things so like the movies are kind of set up that way like how they occur after you watch them you'll realize like hey so actually the last movie is really like the second movie so it kind of lines up that way so that's something we can get into but first i need a drink <laughs> before we get into that yes ma'am okay <laughs> so um the reason i said original recipe because i am making mine a little bit different tonight because we're live sometimes there's room for mistakes so i'm sorry I hit the liquor cabinet and I was out of blue curacao. Don't fret. It ain't gonna taste no different. So we gonna start with our mixing glass and some ice as always. Um, this is one of the drinks that I don't shake. I actually stir it because when you make it the original way, there's a nice little color change happening. And I had a lady show you their glasses in a minute. Um, for me. I chose to use my black vodka tonight since the further is dark and creepy. 
what we're going to go for over here. So I'm going to start off with about two ounces of vodka. And that's probably two ounces. Um, and an ounce of your triple sec. And then we top that with the juice. Again, that's pineapple, orange, banana. Don't forget that. You need it. So, we stir that up so we can mix those flavors together. So, mine has this nice, muddy, dark, creepy look. But the ladies have a much prettier look. And um, you just want to strain that. You don't want to drink it on the ice. Um, you want to strain it because the ice really does water it down. Uh. <laughs> I think you just told me This is my further. Um, I know you guys can't see it on the camera, but it's a little glitter action going on in there. But um, will one of you ladies show them your drink so they can see the original color? Hey, bye. Nice. Throw that thing up. Nice. <laughs> green for the further. Oh, you know, yes. <laughs> like, it kind of shows the different dimensions like they were in the movie. Like, you had yeah. some areas that could have been like, you know, with, um, what's the little boy's name? Darton, when he was caught by the demon, it was kind of like playful looking compared to when the dad right, right, right. Lady Elise and all that were in the further. It was dark, so I like it. We got we got both sides. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I got both. Sides. Sure. Yes. Um. Next time, I will remember to um take the ice out. <laughs> <laughs> it's a personal preference. Some people <laughs> like it diluted a little bit. It's up to you. But it is good that you see. I got a nice big glass of it, so. <laughs> Yeah, my I want to go ahead and get into um, Insidious and how it lines up in the sequel. Um, mm -hmm. First, what I mean by first is like the order. So number one is actually Insidious number three, where she um, goes on one of her first cases, one of her earlier cases, and she runs into a young lady who is being um traumatized and being haunted by this demon um it seemed like he had like emphysema or something because he would wear like the <laughs> don't make me laugh talking about that. <laughs> i'm sorry that would cut me off guard go ahead go ahead <laughs> wear like the little oxygen mask with the tank so that was like one of elise's um Cases that she went on that she was kind of debating if she even wanted to do that type of work because she knew what would come on with that. Like, mm -hmm. once you start helping other people with their demons, those demons are going to come after you as well. Um, number two in the order was actually Last Key, which was the fourth movie where Elise had to go back and face some of her past demons and skeletons in the closet. So, the house that she grew up in as a child was haunted and the demon that was there also terrorized her family and come to find out that her father was a like serial killer 
Yeah, he was the he was crazy. But then he have her um he had her gifts too. He just didn't want to have them. Yeah, he had the gifts too, but like he tried to beat that out of her. Like whenever she would see yeah. something, he'd be like, Just say you didn't see it. Just say you didn't see it. And he would make her hold her hands up against the wall and he would like beat her. And what like was disturbing to me, like watching that um movie was the fact that she thought she was seeing a ghost when it was really real girls that she was seeing in the house because her dad was keeping them captive in, in the basement. You know, that's what freaked me out. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is real. <laughs> um, movie number three in the order was Insidious number one. So kind of go back to thinking of Last Key when she went in the further she already seen Darton like falling from the ladder and she saw the red door when she was helping her niece like through the further. And whenever the grandmother called, she already knew the little boy's name and everything. Like, who, who is it, Darton? Oh, okay. And the grandma's like, how do you know his name? Mm -hmm. Because she knew that was her next case. Mm -hmm. So that made Insidious number one being actually the third movie in the order, and Insidious number two being her la like the last movie because she ends up dying. Mm-hmm. Because she had to deal with that family twice. Yeah. Um, one thing we want to get into as we are discussing Insidious is the um, concept of astral projecting. Um, when the very first movie came out. That is really the concept that we get as to what was going on with the little boy when he was supposedly in a coma, is what they tried to say. And um, that's when Elise kind of, you know, said that it's, you know, he's not in a coma. That's not what it is. He's, he's astral projecting. And I think she, either it was her or the mom that figured it out because he would draw pictures. Remember? Yeah. And he would show like pictures of him, like uh, himself, and then him like yeah, and then another one of him like flying around, and that's when they kind of put it together that he was astral projecting. And what happened was he went out too far, <laughs> and um, the spirits that are out there in the spirit realm were kind of blocking him from coming back because they saw his body as an empty vessel. Other like while he's still out here yeah. floating around, he's his body is empty, and they were trying to basically wait him out because the longer he's away from his body, the easier it would be for one of them to put their spirit in, and that's why they were kind of up against time. Um, and thank goodness Elise knew that, and also the father could astral project. His mother was the one who revealed that, but it was kind of something that she made him forget because it it scared her when he would do it because he had spirits lingering around him waiting for him to float away yeah. his body too long so they could inhabit it so his mom kind of like tried to erase his memories of astral projecting away until they found out that the son was also doing it <laughs> but the thing that was like scary about the further is even as a kid, if I was in that situation, 
I would I would think that I was dreaming because the people mm-hmm. still looked as though they were alive. They just was moving slow or responding slowly or not responding at all. And you got to think about like some of the dreams that you have, you kind of like move in slow motion. Think about some dreams like when you're fighting or you're running, you trip and you fall. <laughs> it's kind of like you move in that slow motion. So I think Darton kind of like really took it as one on picture and he really went too far. Um, the Insidious number one was one of my favorites mm-hmm. um, I think because it was like they showed detail of how astral projection went about and mm-hmm. the fact um, ghosts being in the film where they can see how the ghost got closer and closer to the father. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. If you. If you think about the entire series when it comes to that family at the end, like that ghost waited out that father so long until he got a weak point, which was children. And when yep. the ghost realized that he had a child that could do the same thing, he intertwined mm-hmm. with that. So he got the father in the end still. Yes. <laughs> still. Because they, right. they didn't remember, they didn't really, they, they never really got got rid of it they he she just no. kind of tried to stop him from astral projecting they didn't necessarily exercise the spirit away <laughs> they just stopped him from being able to go into the spirit realm so that the spirits couldn't reach him it what didn't say that they weren't still around you know so that was the the weird part there and it's kind of made the movie kind of made you question like your own dreams (laughs) and then question like people who are actually in comas you're like okay i wonder now is like a coma somebody actually astral projecting or when you're asleep you're like okay am i dreaming or am i astral projecting or can i bring myself back how do i know if i'm out there too what about those stories that we hear about people that go into surgery and they're like, I was floating over my body. I know yes. what the doctor was saying. I could, I didn't feel it, but I know what he did to me or she did to me. Like, even if you like, not trying to sound creepy, but even when I meditate, I feel mm-hmm. as though there's moments where I'm kind of like out of my body per se, and that mm-hmm. kind of freaked me out from watching that movie. Like, who snap? Am I astral projecting? <laughs> <laughs> right, it really did. But that's what the, the movies kind of. I just I do believe it's a real thing. Like I think there are people out there who are more in tune with it and understand it. Um, but because it's such a drastic, you know, thought or idea, we don't really talk about it. We don't believe in it. But I think it exists. Cause where would it come from if it didn't exist in some form or fact? Like who thought of that? Yeah. Say, oh, we're astral projecting. Like, how did that just come out of nowhere? Exactly. Well, people always having out of body experiences. It's probably the same thing. This is this is true, and that's <laughs> insidious. Really, does a lot to your, you know, it, it makes you think a lot about, you know, when you have deja vu and dreams and stuff, and it also makes you think a lot about um, other dimensions and stuff. Because um, when they were going into the further, you know, that's not a dimension I want to go to. 
was is that it was like if you looked at it, majority of the time you ended up starting out in your environment. Mm -hmm. All you had to do was like make a turn or either go through a door and you were somewhere else different. So it's kind of like you couldn't control. But that demon was in the further living his best life, (laughs) y'all. That is my favorite part of this movie was the first time you got to see the red-faced demon. And he was jamming. I had to go look that song up. Y'all know that's a real song? Yeah, I downloaded it. I had to go look it up. And he was just tiptoe by the window. Like, he was jamming, playing with his toys. Now, what about the little boy that was jamming to the song? And he was Oh, yeah, and the second, was that the second one? And yeah, because then they, they moved, remember they tried to move and they followed them. Yep. yep, it was the second one because it was a little boy in the corner, like, like, <laughs> and he was jamming too. Now, here's my question since we're talking about the red faced demon, how in the world did the ghost, like the human spirit, was able to get the demon to work for him? Because at the end of the day, that wasn't a woman in the veil, that was a man, right? As a because right. they also told his backstory. Mm-hmm. Um, how did that? How do you think that occurred? Like, how was he able to control that to work for him? Somebody had a little bit more clout. <laughs> the soul was blacker. The blacker the soul, the stronger the demon. Mm-hmm. Probably made him a few promises too, like let me go on and get over here and I'll let y'all back through here, you know. Help help me get in and I'll open right. the door for the rest of you. That's why I'm not mm mm. I was not. They never did really clear that up, but that's a good question. Yeah. Like do you think Elise knew like knew that she was gonna die if she saw Darton and the bread door and that situation, like knowing that was gonna be her next case, do you think she knew she was gonna die the whole time as well? She had to. She's psychic. She, she had to. I think the same. I think that she kind of knew something was going on because she was able to go back and clear up some of her history. Like, she was able to yeah. link back up with her brother. She got mm-hmm. in touch with her niece that also had the same gifts. She was able to, like, see her mother again and, like, close out that entire, like, chapter in her life. So I think she knew, too. Because she really did put a lot into that that family. The the demons that were after that family were like hella strong and, and they thought, I mean because... I mean think about it. you try to move because you think your house is haunted and they come with you you know <laughs> and brought more <laughs> because it's your soul exactly yeah. <laughs> exactly and that's when you like gotta think like is it is it the house or is it you they pierced like, like they pierced like the portal so like I don't know if you noticed but it was more spirits in the second movie like the way they huddled around like it kind of seemed as though the one that was more intelligent and that was after the father Josh for so long kind of predicted how the spirits would be because they were distracting the family away from what he was doing Mm -hmm. you get what I'm saying like the initial ghost the Mm -hmm. one that dressed in jail kind of like manipulated the entire thing even down to possessing the father like it was just i don't know it just blows my mind that you really don't that that's so dangerous you cannot 
predict the spirit world. And you don't want to play with nothing like that. That's, That's why, why I'm saying to you boys. <laughs> I'm not trying to go to the further. Like that, you don't know who you're talking to. Because the thing that's so dangerous, and I'm going to tell you this, like, I have been told, especially from, like, my heritage, you know, my culture being Native American, we believe in dreams and we get messages mm-hmm. from interpreted. But I've always been told if someone is knocking on a door, you or someone calls your name, you never answer and you never open that door. Because if it's someone that you know and you are acquainted with and that you love and that's close to you, they wouldn't have to they knock on the door. Yep. <laughs> I have heard that. And what's crazy is my mama always say, like, you know, you're young. And you be like, ma'am, like you thought your mama called you. She <laughs> always say, mm-hmm, that was the devil. <laughs> yeah, don't you answer that. She'll be like, what you been doing? What you been doing? The devil calling you. <laughs> I believe. And did Honestly, you notice? And those ghosts in the further were like sad. Those too. They were all, like they were limbo needy. almost. They were yeah, needy they and they were sad. Dead. They couldn't. And, and here's the thing. Like, this is what they were messing up at. People that were astro projecting were not modifying their moves. They were not moving the same way as the dead. So I'm going to know that you alive. You over here mm-hmm. talking. You moving fast. Oh, no. You, you, yeah, you still alive. Now, here's the thing. You said they look unhappy and, you know, how they were moving. But if you notice when they knew somebody was alive, they came around faster. Like. Mm-hmm. Like they was turning and looking like, oh, so you could, you know, like they looked real needy. Like they was waiting for somebody or something to help them do something. Like, they was just all, like, they was waiting. (laughs) And also, the person, people that were alive had light kind of around them a little bit. Mm -hmm. People in the further was straight darkness. Yes. I mean, it wasn't no Caspers over there. (laughs) So then my question is, though, the red-faced demon, like, in the whole totality of the thing, he is the biggest monster like he's in all the movies yeah he's he orchestrating in motion he orchestrating it but who is he like is he representative of the devil like because everything else in the further is a spirit from someone who wants you know was. i was thinking that i was really thinking that too because i'm like why is he trying the hardest to inhabit dalton like he was like adamant about it he was just like the rest of you spirits y'all better get in line but when that spot open up, I'm I'm in it. But he didn't look. And that's like what he I kept thinking too. I was just like, is he did. like? Because right, I'm like, maybe the rest asking. of them are spirits, and he's a demon. Right. Yeah, we know he's a demon, but that's why I asked. Like, okay, I'm on there with Desiree. Like, I think the same thing. Like the woman, like the ghost or whatever, probably think that they were being the head honcho. But that demon wouldn't have done anything unless it would have been some kind of advantage for him. Mm-hmm. So he could honestly be, like I said, orchestrating the entire thing. Like, okay, this is what you want. This is what I want. I want to be able to come back into the world as well. But ain't no telling what could have happened because I don't even think that the red-faced demon was even paying attention to the father. Like you said, he wanted Darton. 
The um, mm-hmm. ghosts mm-hmm. want to be bad. Yes. And that's what Elise saw. That's why mm-hmm. I think Elise was more concerned about Darton and wasn't paying attention to Josh because she was more worried about the demon possessing the boy. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there it's harder to get a demon out than a, than a spirit. <laughs> and that's why she was distracted because it's like nobody's thinking about something possessing the father. And that's how he slid right on in there. <laughs> um, what I had put out here is a connection. The red door. Mm-hmm. I think the red door was like more of her kind of like her final things that were being closed out. She saw the red door whenever she finished like helping out her family and she also saw the red door when she was a, when she died. Like I want to know what's the significance of the red door. I think that is <laughs> kind of the way to let us know that she's going from one dimension to the next like that's representative of like not that it has to be a literal red door but once she crosses the so-called red door she's no longer in you know our world (laughs) you go through the red door and you're in the further and I think that's that's what it was kind of like signifying is that that that's what was happening to let us know she's going from one uh dimension to the next and that she was able to cross over to to those portals because not everybody could but she and i could. think also like chapters like this is finalized so when i hit this red door like this is over Mm-hmm. Like Let me cl- yes, close it and close it out. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so now that we kind of like explained out the entire journey of Elise, which one was your favorite movie out of the entire like horror film series? Um, uh, I liked the first one because they really um they did something different with um your typical ghost story and they said let's throw in astral projection in there like that was the their way of um kind of reenacting a ghost story which made it different from other movies which tied it in as to (laughs) you know had they not been astral projecting (laughs) they might not have been haunted because technically they weren't in a haunted house the son and the dad were actually had spirits attached to them. They weren't in a haunted house. And I get, and that's kind of like one thing to kind of note. And it was funny to me that they tried to move and get away from it and it still happened, which, you know, made it clear that y'all are, y'all are not in a haunted house. It's not your house. It's you. (laughs) All right, Desiree, what was your favorite one? Um, I liked one originally just because, like she said, it was different than all the other horror movies. At that time, everything was really like remakes and the same stuff over and over again. So that's why I liked one. But three was my favorite just because three was funny to me. That dad <laughs> running around trying to kill everybody. He looked like Jack Nicholson. 
Every time he would pop up somebody, kill somebody, it, it was just hilarious to me. And then the wife in denial, acting like she didn't really think he was possessed when uh -huh. you knew from the end of the last movie something was wrong. Like that whole movie was hilarious to me. And them two little uh, ghost hunter dudes, they yes. Oh, yeah. the other I, I like that they added the laughter at three. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's true. My um my favorite one was number two because I like the way they ended. Like they went through all of that, and you're thinking they're gonna end off on a good new a good note. Like, yay, they were able to you know surpass this in their life, and it's like, oh no, the enemy actually won, and it kind of like threw me off. <laughs> Because now, like, I was left thinking, like, oh, my gosh, like, that ghost is now living through the body of the father. Like, what is going on? Like, is the ghost just going to leave the scene and make it seem like the dad just went crazy and killed people? Or, or is he going to be possessed for the rest of his life? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So That's They did a good... Um... <laughs> little spin and I like the fact that you kind of have to watch all of the movies to understand the order <laughs> yeah. and what's going on because the journey is really I mean if you watch the first two movies you kind of think it's about that family but when the, by the third movie release you realize that the movies are really about Elise and, and I like this Mm -hmm. Insidious created like how your comic books have universes. They have yeah. like their own universe because you have Insidious and then curtailing them. You also got the Annabelle and the Conjuring, like their little tidbits in all of those other movie series that kind of relate back to each other. And I like that too. So this is something funny before we start like in and out the podcast <laughs> for tonight. One of our audience members said that the red faced ghost looks like him from Powerpuff Girls. <laughs> Y'all remember him? <sighs> and he wore like the heels, the little devil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he did. But the thing is, I'm sorry, but the red faced demon was jamming like Desiree said. Did he have on heels in the movie? Wait a minute. <laughs> Yes, that I that. They made that song creepy. Yes, they made that song really creepy. Go Google it. His name Timmy or something. But yeah. Hey, Bly. Hey, we got something coming up next weekend. Yes. So very excited, you guys. We have our third uh, part of Two Lost comic book release next Saturday in Atlanta. And we are so excited about it. Part three is finally coming out. Um, it's a very different story from the first two. The first two were kind of from the point of view of Kenji. And part three jumps to um, his mom and her journey. And I really like her. <laughs> His mom is a badass. 
and she was willing to go above and beyond to get her family back together. And that's what I like about her. And that's kind of what I thought about Elise in Insidious. Like she literally did whatever she needed to do to put her family back in order. Because it, when she thought everything was in chaos, she was separated from too long. And she literally put the work in to like, okay, we're back together. Um, Dion and Two Lost Part 3. Same thing. She literally is just like, bump it. I'm going to do, I'm going to put the work in to get this family back together. And she, and it's an adventure. It's like I said, it's different from the first two. You're going to take it from her journey. And like I said, she's a real badass. And that will be um, the 17th. Where is the location? Oh, Artisan. Yes. One moment. I'm just excited because I'm flying okay. in from Tampa. Yes. So, so that's also a bonus. <laughs> You'll have the one of the hosts or maybe two of the hosts from Horror and Hooch will be there. So where you're getting a book launch, you're going to get some performances, you're going to get some Horror and Hooch. Come on, you guys. Book launch, comic books, Horror and Hooch, music, drinks. <laughs> Turn up. It is at Artisan's Barn Gallery. That's 140 Peachtree Street. Y'all come out. Starts at 10. Spend some time with us. Yes. If you haven't already, catch up on the first two books. They're on Amazon. Two Laws and Two Laws Renaissance. You are not going to want to miss part three. When I tell you the story just flips all the way around and you're not going to be ready for it, read the first two so you can be prepared. And come on out to the book launch. Like I said, we're going to have, you know, our live performances. Um, shout out to The Score and Rogue Dynamo. Jay Astral is going to be there. So, yes, turn up. <laughs> come turn on up. and party with us next weekend. 17th. 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 <laughs> yes. ATL. 17th. 18th. Follow us. Yep. Follow yes. us on social media, um, Facebook, Instagram, The Fifth Wall, The Fifth Column, Temper Drinks, uh, Twitter, The Official Fifth Wall. Let's see. Our next topic, yes, while um, <laughs> this buzz is going on because there's a lot of uh, tension and controversy right now within the Marvel Universe. So we're going to talk about Blade. <laughs> which is one of my favorite of the Marvel family. Um, yes, we love Blade. And we're going to talk about vampires and Blade and how yes. do you guys feel about the new movie casting? Um, we might take a poll on our Horror and Hooch Facebook group. Follow us on Facebook, Horror and Hooch. Yes, the group is a lot of fun. Come and join us. I said we might do a poll. Tell us how you guys feel. But in the next couple of weeks, um, on our next live, we will be talking about it. Um, podcasts on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, we're everywhere. <laughs> yes, yeah, so follow along. And hopefully we will see all of you at the book launch next weekend. And see us back here in a couple of weeks. And we're going to talk about Blade. All righty. 
Bye. Finish my drink, y'all. Okay.